Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 8, Episode 12, titled Grand Finale. My name is Joe Batant, and I am joined, as always, by one garrulous co-host from the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... What the fuck are you doing? That's oh not even whipped cream. I'll get you a towel, babe. <laughs> to... <laughs> Mr. Taylor, the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor, the Latte Boy. Our last show, Joey B. Ever. I know, it's so sad. (laughs) Stop saying that! We talked about this on Just Between Us Girls about Taylor retiring. Well, semi-retirement. Becoming a third chair here at uh, Afterthought Media. I'll be like when when Joy Behar left The View and then they brought her back. That's kind of who I am. I'm the Joy Behar of Afterthought Media. How long was she gone for? Like... Four or five years. I just <gasps> finished oh, Ladies Who Punch, the book uh-huh. about The View, which uh-huh. anybody who likes to read, it's you don't Anyone you don't, likes to read. Anybody who likes to just read, like, su- it's a good summer reading book because okay. it takes about three brain cells to actually read it. Um, uh-huh. But I forgot all of the people that were, were hosts on that show, yeah. like, after various people left stuff. And I mean, it does no favors to Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, she doesn't come off well? No, but she was interviewed all the way through it. But I think it's nobody liked working with her. She was a nightmare to work with. Same thing with this. uh, I don't know if you ever read the one about Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with Chevy Chase on there. Yeah. 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 So so she was a nightmare? She She was a nightmare. And apparently Whoopi Goldberg isn't much better. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Holy shit. But this isn't just coming from the conservative. It's not just, you know, the the girl, the blonde girl from Survivor no. and so on. That. Every everybody everybody that has ever been a host on The View was willing to be interviewed except for two people, Who? Whoopi Goldberg and Elizabeth Hasselback. But like oh. she she interviewed like Barbara Walters. And the book came out in 2019. Um, but apparently she had interviewed people for 3 or 4 years before. And like some people she had to like Rosie O'Donnell, apparently she had to like really kind of work on her to get. I say her. It's actually I. Th- I thought it was a woman, but it actually was a man who wrote the book. Um, but it, I have a feeling in this case she had to work really hard on Rosie O'Donnell. Who wrote it? Is it Bill Carter? Who wrote it? No. Um, oh. I can't. I. I. I don't have that information available. Oh well, sorry everyone listening. That Taylor didn't have that information, but it's a good book. Yeah. Okay. So. Go look at the the book of the. I can't wait till the RuPaul's Drag Race comes out. The one about RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, that'll be an awesome book. They did an official one, but you know those queens all want to come on All Star, so they're not saying no. shit. No, yeah. what one, you need once, the unauthorized one? Yeah, what once World of Wonder finally lets that horse die, then you you'll hear everybody. They'll start. Yeah, uh, but speaking of, you know. You're going to want to go to this patreon.com slash afterthought media and sign up for this. I'm going to tell you, it has been quite the week. Uh, and even a lot of Patreon people don't know about this, but we started a new show called Happy Hour, uh, where every couple of weeks, Lori and I are going to get together. This is only for the exclusive tier and the expensive tier. We're going to get together and just shoot the shit. And any afterthought host is welcome to come on. They can come on whenever they want, leave whenever they want. It's a happy hour. It's like an open house. And only the only permanent people are me and Lori. Taylor said he wouldn't come on. That's why I'm, that's why I'm firing <laughs> No, him. I said I wouldn't come on last night because I was working. I even sent you a picture of me from my office so that you knew I was not lying. And so this Lori, she made some 
So I'll just say it now because not everyone's going to get it. Lori went on this screed <laughs> about how she told off these people at this car wash and that she, that uh, it's ridiculous because they lost her special seat cushion that she has, right? <laughs> and that she had tipped them $30. <gasps> And she asked for their tip, her tip back, and they said they couldn't give her back. And so then she called her credit card company to the reverse the charges on the car wash and stuff like that. But they convinced her not to. So she's like, "I'm gonna call. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down to this car. I'm gonna call them. And I'm gonna because they said call us tomorrow. And I go, I know they didn't find it. Someone stole it. The person took it. My thirty dollars and this seat cushion. And I'm gonna call. But they said to call them. Call them on the air. <laughs> and she goes, okay. And she calls them on the air. And she goes, hi, this is Lori Rockingham, and you guys lost my seat cushion, and you guys said to call, so I'm going to call. Like, and they're like, yeah, we have it. And she goes, what? I'm like, yeah, we have it. Yeah, come pick it up. And she's like, oh, um, uh, okay. Right? Her fucking tune changed so fast. So if you want to hear that, you're going to join at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Join at the exclusive or expensive tier. Uh, you don't have to hear that. But by the way, we release content all the time. Oh, mm-hmm. by the way, I did this uh, this announcement last week about that. Remember? Yeah. Like three or four people wrote to me. They're like, I've been a patron and I haven't gotten any content. I didn't. I, I just wanted to support you. I go, no, there's a ton of. I'm not lying. We release shows almost every day. And so I helped them get their content. So once again, if you in the past supported us and never got content or if you're supporting us now and not getting content that is not supposed to happen hit me up at jobatanson.afterthought.media and we will take care of it but for now this week jimbo and candy go head to head in the final battle for the crown meanwhile the remaining girls stick around to find out which one of them will be crowned queen of the fame games in the end lala re is the one named the queen of the fame games while jimbo is crowned the winner of All-Stars Season 8 and is inducted into the Drag Race Hall of Fame. Taylor the Latte Boy, for the last time ever, what did you think of that final lip sync and did the right person win the crown? Yes, the right person won the crown. And I mean, I realized halfway through the show, this episode, we're going to have to watch a lip sync between the two contestants that we complain the most about as far as their lip syncs go. But I thought that Jimbo's lip sync was actually pretty good for the most part. Um, it was, it was, it was fun to watch. It was ridiculous, but that's, I think that's Jimbo's, you know, meat and potatoes. The only thing that I kept thinking all the way through with Candy's is Candy looked defeated. Candy knew going in she wasn't going to win. That's that's the look that she seemed to have of where she almost she almost like didn't want to look at anybody. So it was either fear or surrender that that the the crown was going to Jimbo. So, uh, yes, obviously the right person won the crown. Well, it's obvious to me. It's obvious. You know? Yeah. Let me tell you about this lip sync. I've actually been waiting for this lip sync for a few weeks. Because a few weeks ago, it could be more than longer, I don't remember when, some point in the past, this Candy Muse was all over Twitter, all over social media, pretty much signaling that um, it, she didn't think things were, things were going to go her way. And that the producers had chosen a song that was geared to favor Jimbo and not her. Okay. 
I so I was wait like I was expecting it to be like a, a is it Malambo number two or something that the one that Jinx did in season five? Yeah, I was expecting it to be something like that, right? Uh-huh. No, this song is completely in the Drag Race. Yeah, wheelhouse. It's a Sylvester song. It's not crazy, and I'm even gonna say Candy didn't do a bad it's, job. It's a little crazy. It's a little. It's a fun. It's a fun disco song, but I mean, it's. But what I'm saying though is, it's not something that a drag queen would find super weird to do. And no, I'm I saying, agree. if anything, it made the song fair because any other song would be unfair to Jimbo and favor Candy. Right. This is a song that they could both do an interpretation. I'm gonna say Candy didn't do a bad job. No. Candy had. She, yeah, she had a different interpretation of the song than Jimbo. But she did a good job. It's yeah. just they liked Jimbo's inter- interpretation better. I don't think that this song, if anything, they chose the song because it was more fair. Yeah. But the lip sync was fun to watch and it was a fun song and we liked it. All right. After the last episode, all the remaining contestants walked back into the workroom. James and Lala revel in their victory and later the cast heaps praise on Jimbo and Candy Muse. Later, as the cast de-drags, they engage in foolishness. The next day... All of the remaining queens walk back into the workroom. Lala recites the dirty Spanish that Monica taught her. Candy and Jimbo play a trick on the girls. Nasha throws some serious shade at James. The foolishness, though, is interrupted by RuPaul as she enters the workroom to announce the final maxi challenge. The final two queens will perform an original solo number. Uh, and then we're going to do one more thing here because there's not much to talk about. For this season's Tic Tac Chit Chat, Jimbo reveals details about her tumultuous childhood while Candy Muse talks about her overall strategy in the game. A lot to discuss in theory, but really not that much to discuss. We'll yeah. take it piece by piece. After the last episode, they walk in. They're just keen before they de-drag. Did you have any uh, thoughts here? I, I thought this, and this kind of speaks to a lot of the episode, is I like the idea of the the entire cast being involved in some way in the entire episode. Yes. You know, I think that had it just been Jimbo and Candy, it would have it would have been torturous if it was just the two of them standing there for the mini challenge and, and all of that, or the maxi challenge, all of that sort of stuff. And I guess the award for worst actress, however, seems to go to Kahana, okay. like where she did the thing where she was like, congratulations, where she did this weird oh, yeah. thing in the beginning where she was congr- congratulating Lala and um, why can't I suddenly remember anybody's names? James. It just and she did that like a couple of other things like later on. Mm-hmm. I think when they were all getting ready for the final day of where she was like, you know, I'm going to get that crown. But it was it was very um, Brita filter girls. I had a dream last night. I dreamt I want you know RuPaul's Drag. It, it was cringy. It was a little cringy. I noticed. Do you have any thoughts about any of that? first the only thing i would say is we have to remember that it hasn't been that long so there still might be a sting with kahana maybe it's been like a week or two but like it's not that long so maybe she's still stinging from it i don't know that's my only thought maybe i don't know it's uh, um what were the, what were the curse words that lala was saying do you know any of the curse words you know it's funny that you say that she kind of mumbled it and i didn't hear it and i didn't go i didn't care enough to go back and hear it 
Okay. I should go back and listen, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be on. Well, since we, we'll talk about on Drag Race Mexico. Okay. <laughs> I found it interesting when Rue said what the challenge was going to be, that it was songs prepared for you by Leland. That it wasn't where they were giving them a chance to write their own lyrics. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I have a theory, but. I don't know. What is your theory? My theory would be that they would have to give them writing credits and they would this way they don't get extra money for performing the songs. But they, they've written their own lyrics before. Right. But maybe that's something where they're realizing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the queens do get get a writer's you know, get a cut of every song that's downloaded or whatever. I don't know. But I that was that was the first thing that went through my head, which I could be completely off. I I don't know. My guess would be it's a workflow thing that it's they find out who the final two queens are. And Leland has like basically like his own maxi challenge where he has, okay, you have 48 hours now to write, record and edit a song. And so it's just they just don't have time for the foolishness of the girls writing the lyrics and recording it and stuff like that. Like, they they have to get it done very, very quickly. That's adorable that you think that the, he only had 48 hours. He had an entire season because they told him at the end. They told him at the beginning of the season, these are the two that are going to be in the top two. <laughs> You've got this much time to write it. The Candy song could have been for anybody. There wasn't anything specific to her. He could have written that a right. long time ago. But the Jimbo one seemed to be specifically for her or maybe an existing song that he rewrote, rewrote lyrics for. Because I have a thoughts on that. But... uh but yeah. Did you have any other thoughts on this uh, opening thing? Um, just the tic-tac- Oh, you went to the yeah. next day with RuPaul's announcement. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. We can go there too. Did you see Candy's nipples in that shirt? <laughs> they were like yes. fried eggs. Yes. This isn't the first time we've been subjected to Candy's nipples. Oh, it was very disturbing. Okay. Let's talk about this moment though. We're out of fucking nowhere. And I have two things to say about this. Let me address sort of the more objective one first. This stupid bitch, Nasha Lopez, (laughs) comes for James Mansfield, right? Yes. But before we even get to the content of what she says, she opens it. She's like, James, no tea, no shade. How is this person, an experienced drag queen, saying no tea, no shade? Now, maybe I'm sure Robert or Dutch McGee or (laughs) some other afterthought will correct me that this she's Nasha's quoting somebody. I would argue not. I don't think Nasha's that clever to quote drag race. Okay. Because the, it's almost like someone who says, uh, I could care less, which makes no sense because it's I could not care less, meaning you care so little there's it's impossible for you to care any less. Right. You know? When right. you say I could care less, you're saying that means you care enough to care even less. It doesn't make any sense. Right. So no no tea, no shade. They're saying it because of the parallelism. It's two no's in a row. But that makes no sense. Correctly, mm-hmm. it would be all tea, no shade. Meaning, I'm just giving you the truth. I am not trying to be shady. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just giving you the truth as I see it. Right. That makes it all tea, no shade, James. You shouldn't have won kind of thing, right? I'm not right. trying to be a bitch to you. I'm just telling you, right? But no tea, no shade makes no sense. And I wanted to call that out. But let's go to the next thing. Why the fuck would you just bring that up out of fucking nowhere? Yes, I, I meant to. I did mean to bring that up. No, as you didn't. As... You're fired. You're just your last season. <laughs> Bye. <Okay. laughs> Later. Lori Rockin' Camp, everybody. 
Um, I I wondered that too. Like that felt ve- well. We've had a season in which. There has been, with the exception of the big fight with Heidi, like very little conflict to bring that up at the end when this is clearly a celebration. We all got done celebrating the night before to bring up a comment like that felt very not out of place for Nasha, but out of place for the show to kind of highlight that, even though it's clear why they said that later on it, it gets kind of brought back up in a in a great way. But it was it was a very weird moment. Like, wh- what are you trying to accomplish at that point? Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't even talking. They were just con- they were just giving James her flowers. Mm-hmm. And by the way, does Nisha think that she? And this one, does Nisha thinks she should have won? Yes, I'm sure that Nisha thinks that she should have won. Yeah. No offense to you, James. There were better acts than yours. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe, but that wasn't yours, Nisha. Right. It's not. It's not Nisha's uh, drag race. Yeah, but here's the thing: this, I've never liked this Nisha Lopez. Go I back know. to whatever fucking season she was. I never liked her. She's a problem. Season eight, isn't she? Season eight. I don't know what season she's on. I just don't like her. Go back, bitches, is what I say to her. <laughs> you know, what someone told me about this pathetic Nisha Lopez. Okay. <laughs> what? But you know, she hosts Roscoe's, and I mm-hmm. thought she was from Chicago. No, she lives in L.A. She flies to Chicago every weekend to host a stupid chicken shit gig. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's talk about those chit chat, those tic tac chit chat. Uh, that's what it is, tic tac chit chats. Uh, do you have any thoughts on them? I, you know, I just put them both together, Jimbo and Candy. They're separated by an event, but I just put them together. Like Jimbo's tic tac lunch. I'm just gonna call tic tac lunch easier. Uh, Candy's. What do you? What? Do you, what? Any thoughts here? I thought that. Um, actually, I, you go first. I, you always ask me and then I say something and then you respond. So I want you to go first, please. What did you think of them? Well, I think, you know, this Jimbo, I was very proud of him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I feel early Jimbo. No, I didn't watch his Canada season. Okay. So Why? I don't really know. Why didn't you watch Canada? I don't like this Brooklyn Heights. <laughs> I won't watch anything with Brooklyn Heights on it. I don't like her. All right, so we've talked about we've talked about wa- Nisha. I'm honest with you. I'd rather watch Nisha. I would okay. if, if Nisha watched Canada. I'd very like, ugh, but I'd watch it. I won't even watch a fucking thing. If this Brooklyn Heights was on fire, I wouldn't even watch her, <laughs> let alone help her. Wow. I, so we, we've yeah. talked about Nisha. We've mm-hmm. talked about Brooklyn. Yeah. I have to. I have to get the other ones in before the end of the episode. Yeah, it was your last one. I know Todrick, Soju. Oh, I always forget about Soju. I always yeah. forget about Soju. There's one that I said the other day no one ever brings up. I don't like them either. Yeah. But this is what I like here is that this Jimbo has adapted. Jimbo has got, we've seen, you know, we always talk about a narrative arc in the season. Jimbo's mm-hmm. had an arc over her career in Drag Race. Yeah. In that she had performed and she was successful in Canada, but went home with kind of a bitter Betty, wasn't she, when she left? There's one, there's some sort of shit stir thing she did. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch Canada. Yeah. And then on UK versus the world, she was an agent of chaos. Right. And then now on this one, she was like, oh, okay, I'm learning from my mistakes. I'm growing. And she came on here and she had the gravitas to be the winner of All-Star Season 8. She acted like a winner and it paid off. Mm-hmm. So we got to see this. And so, she, you know, when she was early on in the show, she hadn't figured out the politics of the show. So she took the feedback 
and now she's figured out those politics. Thank you. I have Candy Muse was stupid. I didn't have anything to say about her. Well, Candy Muse was playing it. I feel like Jimbo gave Rue everything she needed as far as she needed the tragic backstory. She needed the, you know, the Hallmark greeting card thing of, you know, spread joy, that kind of thing. But she did it in a way that was very controlled. Like, I I was thinking, like, is Jimbo going to cry? Because these Tic Tac lunches are really, you know, are for, you know, to, to pull out drama. And she did talk about some really traumatic stuff with her parents. You know, whereas I feel Candy thought I have to give her the old school of where I sit here and I cry about my life and I cry about things, that sort of stuff. And then I make a thing of, you know, I really want this so bad. This is all I've ever wanted. You know, that kind of thing. Gave her kind of the old school Tic Tac lunch, which I don't like as much. So I actually thought Jimbo's was really well done of the two of them. Well, Candy didn't share anything that we saw. I mean, they didn't put it, but she didn't. All she shared was that she had a strategy for going in and blah, 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 blah. And then RuPaul said, I'm your biggest fan. I'm like, this RuPaul, I know this is a weird thing to say on the RuPaul's Drag Race recap show. She has terrible taste in drag queens then. Because mm-hmm. I don't know what, does, does she's Candy's biggest fan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who she's watching. Uh, but I learned no new information about this Candy Muse. Nothing. Anyway. Okay. So we finished with Candy. We finished with, um, what's her nuts? Jimbo. <laughs> let's Watch take a break we, yeah let's take a break and we come back we're gonna talk about the rest of the episode Back in the workroom, while the top two queens met with Rue and Michelle, the remaining contestants answered questions and won prizes that they pulled from RuPaul's big furry pink box. Uh, Back on the main stage, the remaining queens watched as Miguel Zarate taught Candy and Jimbo the steps for their solo performances, and it's elimination day and the girls get ready for the main stage. Darian fools around with Candy and Jimbo. James is so happy that she won at least one challenge this season. Kasha revels in the praise for her first sober drag race season, and the girls wax nostalgic for what has happened this season. Taylor, once again, on paper a lot has happened, but IRL not so much. Oh, well, actually, that back in the... that that. Big furry pink box segment. What did you think of that? That was a great thing that, that I, I very much enjoyed that because there was no stakes to it. That it was just a silly cotton candy segment that was fun. The girls were clearly having fun because they were all winning random stuff. The the callback to the no tea, no shade that James got to say to Nasha was very funny. And Nasha appreciated it too. So that 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 was that was it was just a fun like maybe five minutes or whatever that was that that kind of was a palate cleanser from other seasons in which it's just the top three kind of wandering around staring at each other going, what was your favorite thing about me? What was your favorite thing about me? You know? So I, I, I liked it a lot. What about you? Yeah, it was a good call back to the old school untucked. And that was really mm-hmm. fun. They should probably do old school and tucked for these all-star seasons. Kind of bring that back for that. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a very clever idea. And, it, and if anything, it gives these queens, especially the ones who were out early, like uh, Monica Beverly Hills, more screen time. And again, I said this last week, 
now that everything was said and done, Monica Beverly Hills seems so much more relaxed and so much more fun and thus yeah. more likable. Uh, I th- I found her really like charming and everything like that when she was just so much more relaxed. By the way, you know, I talked about this on um, Rulaska Thoughts. I don't know if people listen to that or not. But uh, it's hard to tell what's going to blow up in the social mm-hmm. media sphere. And so, um, you know, we kind of talked about this uh, not a soul can clock mm-hmm. <laughs> segment. And that just blew up on social media, which at first Monica was really traumatized by and threatened to quit social media. Luckily, she, some queens must have gotten a hold of her and talked to her or something. And then she then re- leaned into it and started selling merch with it and yeah. whatnot. But uh, yeah, what did, what were your thoughts on that number sort of getting going viral? Uh, I, I think I can see where Monica could take it that way. I mean, we talked about how not great it was, but that also kind of, you know, Lucy LaDuca with the Let Loose song last season. I mean, she took that all the way to the bank and that's not a great song either. So yeah, if, if, you're, if you're getting, that's one of those situations in which no, you know, no, no uh, press is bad press as far as that sort of thing goes, especially when you've got everybody talking about it and there's a chance you can make some money off of it. And and I I think that good for her. I agree with you. She was much more enjoyable to watch when the 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 strain of trying to compete kind of that got off of her shoulders. She was more relaxed. Speaking of Mrs. Kasha Davis, she was the first one to win some money. And the uh, note read that she had won $1,000 and she could give it to one other queen. And she gave it to um, Monica Beverly Hills, which I thought was so nice. Mrs. Kasha Davis is such a treasure. She's so nice. She is. There's always room for kindness. I thought she she was going to give it to Darian, though. <laughs> Because they're such good friends. I did, too, because they were friends. Yeah, I thought so, too. It was really, really weird, especially about how nasty she was last week. People were commenting that they didn't pay attention to all her reads during the show, and they they were surprised when I played them back. Mm -hmm. To her reads, yeah. I didn't even even play them all. Oh, okay. Yeah, she, they were some really nasty reads that she came up with. Absolutely. Yeah. That one about that one about Joyce DeWitt. I mean, I've still woken up in a cold sweat thinking about that one. Just like, how did she say that? I know, especially since no one who knows who Joyce DeWitt is <laughs> since 1997 or something like that. That's being very that's being very generous to Joyce DeWitt, thinking that people remember she is in 1997. I know. I was really being generous. Yeah. The, the, I have one right here. Hold on. Oh, do you? Okay. Maxine Waters. It's Mrs. Kasha Davis. Anyway, you're, wh- why is your name Maxine Waters? Because your pussy is very dry. <laughs> uh, okay, this is, she is a sitting congresswoman. She's everyone's auntie. I'll see if I can find the Joyce DeWitt one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think we kind of burned away Joyce DeWitt by saying no one knew who she was in 1997. <laughs> Yeah. Including Joyce DeWitt. Joyce DeWitt doesn't know who Joyce DeWitt is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um you know, this Nay show, what a fucking try hard she is. <laughs> she's, she's always trying to get screen time and try so fucking hard. I'm so glad this James turned it around on her. Yeah. Yeah. That that was that made me like James a little more. Just the just yeah. uh, just how quick she came up with that. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, James has that Mexican cuntiness that they're good <laughs> at that. People don't realize that whether as my everyone's forefathers are picking strawberries that we're all thinking of <laughs> cunty things to say to you behind your back. <sighs> all right. Well, 
let's go on. Okay, so then they go to the main stage. Oh, wait, did you have anything about this about the elimination day? About elimination or the day. Choreography. Oh, what did you think of the choreographer? I know that he's been on before, but what were your thoughts about him? He was. I thought he was good. You didn't like him? Okay. I thought he was like Todrick Light a couple of times. <gasps> oh, no, not at all. Why did you think that? Yeah. No, that's why I said light. I, we don't have time for, for racist jokes here, okay? Hey. <laughs> this is why this is your last season. Who do you think you are? Lori in 2006? I was the opening act for Lori in 2006. The, the truth has finally come out. Um, I know. He, 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 it wasn't even an original act. All he did was he performed as Mickey Rooney from Breakfast at Tiffany's. <laughs> and people were really offended. Right, right. I thought that there was a couple of times that he said things that I could see Todrick saying, you know, particularly of where where he was just like, well, you're not looking at me when he was like, I don't understand the dance moves. He goes, well, that's because you're not looking at me. Oh. I thought it was a little bitchy. And then he said something another time that I thought was not the nicest. We see. But I think the difference is he was playful. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because when he was talking to Jimbo, he said, I know you can't dance. But we're here to make you look good. Like, I'm not, he, like, he basically gave her a pep talk. Okay. It didn't work, but he gave her a pep talk. He wasn't there to be like, and then he didn't do one of those cutaways where it's like an interview with him later. And he's like, Jimbo is an idiot. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, sorry, Todd. Sorry, Todrick Hall, that not everyone can be. You know what? Let me tell you something. My nieces love this fucking Taylor Swift. They just love Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift can do no wrong. They love, 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 love her. Right. And the other day, I was at their house, and they were doing some sort of craft. I don't remember what they were doing. And in the background, they just had, like, some sort of 24-hour Taylor Swift music video Mm -hmm. channel on or something. Mm -hmm. And I would glance over, and this fucking Tantric Hall would be dancing in the background. Mm Mm-hmm. And I wanted to vomit in front of my nieces. They didn't even know that. I didn't tell them. I didn't want to start a rant in front of them. I know they like this Taylor Swift. But I'll be honest with you. The fact that she's friends with him has made me, like, think less of her. Mm. Okay. Also, the fact that she used to do that stupid thing at award shows where she always pretended like she was shocked when she won an award. She stopped doing it. But remember she used to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that the whole thing when Kristen Wiig used to play her on Saturday Night Live? She would just do that where she would have the surprised face all the time. <laughs> I don't remember Kristen Wiig doing her, yeah. so I have, to, I have to go look at that. But I was too busy reading my book about The View. But, you know, <laughs> it's <laughs> – I don't even know what that means, by the way. That joke made no sense. It doesn't matter. It's a callback. Yeah. It's a callback. It's a callback. It's just no, no tea, no shade. Yeah, no tea, no shade. Just, no tea, no shade. Callback. Joyce the Witch. <laughs> Too bad John Ritter died, not you. Oh, okay. Oh my okay. God, Mrs. Pasha Davis. <laughs> oh, that no. was awful. She. What is wrong with her? <laughs> but she's so nice to Monica Beverly Hills. I, I don't know why she's saying these horrible things. I know. Poor John Ritter. I know. Gone too soon. Gone too soon. Gone too. Well, you, you know what? He fell too many times on that stupid three company. I'm sure it did a number on him. Um, okay. Elimination day. Any thoughts here? 
Uh, no, that's when they were all just getting ready. You mean sitting around and talking? Yeah. No, that that standard finale fair of you know we thought we've all had such a wonderful time. I'm going to miss this place. I'm going to miss they had all of all you. All the girls are this time, right? But it was so that, that made it better. That made it better because there was more voices and there was more opportunity for you know poignant, poignant, poignant things to say, and there were funny things to say. One, I think it was James said, "I'm blocking you all tomorrow." Like on my phone. Like oh, th- yeah, like that was funny. Th- there were some, there were some like little funny, happy moments and all of that. That was, it was enjoyable. By the way, gotta go back to the choreography for a second. You know, you know, I hate this candy. Just, you know, I hate her. She's stupid, like, oh, what are you doing? Everybody? And then she did that high pitch voice. And I was like, oh my God, that's even worse than her stupid, normal low pitch voice. When did she do a high pitch voice? During the choreography session. She went, <laughs> oh. Well, she's, she's a, like, she's a screamer. That that that's just where that's what gets me is that she's constantly like yelling and screaming like a child. So I just don't. I like just her. I don't care I don't for like her. her. I don't like her. Anyway, let's, so they go to the main stage and it's just family, blah 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 blah, and then they cut to this RuPaul. She's doing less and less. Yes, she's like a preacher's wife in bed. That's how little <laughs> she's doing. They're gonna eventually have her in a Hoyer lift, just singing but at yeah, this she's, point. She's like doing so little now. Oh, by the way, did you see that little Latino twink dancer? Ugh. No, I was looking at the oh I was God. looking at the one that had a mustache last week, and now he had a five yeah. o'clock shadow. And one of our listeners sent me a link to his Instagram page. Let me see if I can uh-huh. find it. Um, Lockie Brownlee. What a horrible name! Yeah, it's. Oh, I think his name is like. I think his name is something else. But he is a choreographer, dancer, and he's worked with Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, J Lo, Britney Spears, Wicked on Broadway, and Broadway Bears. I'd like to see him bear a lot more than he did on this show, but he's very cute. Yeah, Broadway Bears is actually what you'd want to see. It's a. I think it's a, a fundraiser for AIDS research, yes. and the Broadway dancers are in very skimpy clothes. Yes, I am quite aware. <laughs> All right, uh, this okay. So this RuPaul number ASMR, and also it just seemed like, what do they call when you put in Google search things? Like, like they were just like, oh, what are the SEOs that teens like? Oh, ASMR. Right. Okay, great. We're because there was not even any ASMR in this. It's just her singing about an ASMR. Well, lo- I didn't listen. Actually, to it was what did the teens like in 2019? That was yeah. more like what the teens liked. So. I thought it was yeah. very dated. I didn't even listen to the song. I was just looking at the Latino twink and how little RuPaul was doing. Did you have any other thoughts on her number? No, it was horrible. All right, let's go to the Maxi Challenge presentation. Jimbo um, was first with a song called I Remember Being Born. What were your thoughts here with that, Taylor? Um, It was okay. I thought it was sort of a weak song, but it made sense for Jimbo to have a song like that. I thought... That the choreographers were doing a lot, the chore- the dancers, rather, were doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, and if this had been where you had, it was all based on the lip sync, I would have been worried for Jimbo, for the crown. So, this is the problem, is this Leland was trying to, how do I put it? Leland should have stayed in his own lane. And I'm going to contrast that with Candy's song, Okay. Okay. In that he was trying to be clever and write a clever song that he thought, like, Jimbo would write. And you know what's so funny is I was just talking about this the other day with Robert, actually, where I was saying that you should never do a snatch game of people who are unpredictable because you can never capture. Like, in other words, 
I think Robert was making the point that people who do lives that never really capture the true Liza Minnelli, uh-huh. and it's because she's so cracked out that you can't predict it. It's the same way that so whoever failed as uh, Tammy Brown recently on Snatch Game, like you, you can't do Tammy Brown on Snatch Game because she's so unusual that you would never be able to predict or get on her wavelength. It's you know it any like it like that's probably why people can't do Trisha Paytas, you know Trisha Paytas, yeah, the YouTuber because she's too random. Like how would you? It wouldn't ever come across. They're so random you can't even parody them, right? Uh-huh. And so I think with Jimbo, that's sort of the mistake Lingland was doing was he was trying to write for what he thought Jimbo would do. And I think a smarter approach probably would have been to do, write a song that wouldn't have been hard for him, actually, that maybe uh, Jimbo could have had a lot of fun with. So, for instance, maybe some sort of Tin Pan Alley or, like, silly, like, uh, song like that, that, you know, like, a hello, my baby, hello, my honey, right. hello, my ragtime guy, like that, Jimbo would have more fun with that because that gives her more opportunity for clowning. But this song was trying to be like, I remember being born. It was trying to be absurd uh, in a way that she is. It just didn't really work for me. Yeah. Or her. Yeah. Um. All right. Candy with Pay Me With Money. I was... Actually, pretty impressed with Candy with this. I thought that that if, again, just like if it was all based on the lip sync, that Candy would have won. If this had been a challenge earlier in the season, Candy would have won if it was just the two of them. Um, I thought that she did really well with the choreography. Her mouth was much more controlled than it often is when she lip syncs. Usually she's just like, how big can I get my mouth kind of thing. Um, and she did really well with the choreography and I thought that it was, uh, the song is better. Like of the two of them, if I had to download one, I would download that one rather than the, I, I remember when I was born. So what I would say is this song that Candy had, it was good. And I think the reason you liked it and they obviously gave the, the singer this, this guidance it sounded like it was written on spec for Lady Gaga. Okay. The singer was doing her Lady Gaga-isms. It had that sort of driving rhythm that Lady Gaga has. It sounded very much like you were doing, if they were going to do A Night of a Thousand Gagas, uh-huh. um, that this would be the kind of song they would have in the in the rusical about Lady Gaga. Uh, it just f- sounded very inspired by Lady Gaga. It wasn't a bad riff on something she would write but it felt that way and that's why i think it, that's probably why it um was a good song leland's not bad at that stuff leland's not bad at basically parodying um popular musical styles he can he's actually quite good at that and so i think this was one of those things and he just thought it, it worked for candy muse then they, at the end they did a finale called i'm a winner baby do you have any thoughts on that well again this goes back to that weird Kahana overacting where she apparently was like, you know, the soloist, but she was just doing this crazy where she was like shaking her head and her mouth was too big. And it, I don't understand why they gave it to her of, of everybody that was there. But, um, but you know, great. Good for her. (laughs) Yeah. To me, it was very standard. Like that's how they're ending all these things. Now with a big production number finale and it was fine. Yeah. Um, all right. But then I, I was actually surprised they did looks. They did a final look called Finale Fabulosity where all the queens walked and then they introduced the final two. 
Did you have any, you know, you love the looks and this is. Yeah, I, they do this on the international seasons. I noticed that they bring everybody back for what would have been their grand finale look. Um, the two that really stood out to me that I kind of went, ooh, was uh, I loved Mrs. Kasha Davis's look with the black and white. I thought that that was really pretty. And Alexis Michelle's red outfit was prettiest she has ever looked i thought that she looked incredible in that that those of, of all of the looks those were my two absolute favorites i thought you were gonna mention kahana which i thought kahana looked really good see i don't remember what kahana wore shocking it was actually it wasn't a vegas showgirl but it was vegas showgirl-esque mm-hmm. and when she revealed the revel a reveal not reveal but she just opened up her cape i don't know shit Right, and she had on this beautiful, oh, like, with tight fitting thing with the sunflowers. That was very yeah. pretty. That was very, very pretty. It wasn't like my absolute favorite though. When the the, uh, the other two that I talked about, Kasha and Alexis, theirs were glamour. That was that to me is just that was the epitome of just a beautiful, beautiful drag. Um, I also thought James's was as a Vegas showgirl was actually kind of fun. It was still it was it was campy enough that it was still James, but it was still very pretty. So well, when you do Vegas Showgirl one time, it's very pretty. When you do it every week, Kahana, then you're like, okay, what else do we got? Right. Um. All right. Back on the main stage, all the judges heap praise on Jimbo and Candy. Later, La La Re is named the winner of the Fame Games before the final two girls are called back to the main stage. Rue announces that before she can name a winner, the two must battle it out in a final lip sync for the crown. The song "Do You Want a Funk" by Sylvester and Patrick Crowley. In the end, Jimbo is named the winner of All Star Season Eight and is formally inducted into the Drag Race. Hall of Fame. Taylor the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode, on the season? Do you have any comments on the winner of the Fame Games? Give us it all. Give it to, give it all to us. So, what are your thoughts about La La Re winning the Fame Games? <sighs> it's complicated. Yeah. Um, like, I'm happy for her. Yeah. And I'm happy she won. Yeah. But ultimately, it was another one of those drag race things where it was like, well, what was the fucking point? Yeah. Because... I mean, we don't know what the real votes were. We will never know what the real votes yep. were. And so there wasn't really the fame game. It really was ultimately RuPaul and the show are going to decide who the winner is. Yeah. I wonder. I haven't seen anything online yet as far as was, there was blowback to that or anything. But I think also part of that is because Lala seems to be genuinely beloved amongst uh, drag race fans mm-hmm. but i don't see how they can go about doing that if they're going to keep doing the fame games every year for all stars i can't see how they could do something like that ongoing because it really is so if everybody if the if the number one person got twenty nine thousand votes we'll say and lala only got 10 that means that she still wins. She gets bumped all the way to the top because it, it it just doesn't seem. I think that they should do something where there's top two winners and they get something, but multiplying their votes, I don't think is fair. Yes, I agree. But I think they do it to prevent any kind of shenanigans on somebody. So they can basically pick their top two who they think should win uh, the fame games. And then because. Remember, like, there were people like 
uh, Mimi and first remember being accused of rigging the online vote. Same right. thing with I think that was the same thing with the story with penetration. I think it's why they stopped doing the online fan vote for who would be yeah. the contestant was because of of questions of riggery, you know. And so, oh, actually, with Valentina when she won Miss Congeniality, and they had to switch the voting. Um, So I think that that, that they're sensitive to that. But still, it just seems, don't sell it as that thing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, Mimi, I'm first. Mimi, I'm first came in number third in the polling. I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it either. I know. But don't attack her fans, bitch. Well, from what I can tell, she doesn't have any. Oh. Anyway, um, okay. Any other final thoughts on the episode there, Taylor? Uh, just trying to think real fast. No. Did you watch the uh, the live viewing of the crowning with Candy and Jimbo watching to see who won? Um, I saw a clip, but I was like, I, those things actually make me cringe, to be honest with you, because I feel so bad for the person who has to pretend that they're excited. I did, as much as we have definitely trashed Candy this season, I did feel bad for it because she was, when you watch it, Jimbo clearly knows she's going to win and Candy clearly knows she's going to lose. And just the, uh, Jimbo is like doing this weird breathing thing and then does this weird like maniacal laugh and it, it's very creepy to watch it's very it's very it's very kind of hard to watch so yeah it's if you enjoy that kind of thing they go and watch it but i don't ever need to see it again no i i, I just cringe really hard it makes me yeah i don't know i don't really like it um all right well this is i i actually don't know like what this i really don't know what the future of formal recaps are here for the rest of the year. Like, are we going to do guys? Maybe they're going to be a full on drag race down under. Maybe there'll be a formal, a formal full on drag race. UK. I don't know. I can't wait to see how this turns out. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this season of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Star Season 8. Be sure to join us next season and every season as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, for Tato the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next season. Thank you for listening to Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can also watch video versions of the show and more over at youtube.com slash dragracerecap. This podcast was produced by Luke Stamen. Taylor the Latte Boy has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Co-Pilot, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow Taylor on Instagram at PIMCTaylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and TikTok at Joe Batance. Special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Alex S. Anonymous. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Carter McKinnon. Corinna Williamson. Doofus Maximus. E. Smith. Elizabeth Timmer. Emma. Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Kathy Zender, Lauren Eckert, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Mike Yeager, Nikki Baker, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, 
Robert NYC, Robin Eganberger, Runner Brandon, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travi Cosmos, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.